Welcome to the Marriage by the Book podcast. Whether you have a great marriage or one that needs improvement, this is the show for you. Since 1994, we've used biblical principles to help hundreds of couples, just like you, find relationship success. As you listen, you'll get practical tips, knowledge, and motivation that will help bring greater intimacy and happiness to your marriage so that you can enjoy the relationship you've dreamed of. And now, this is Marriage by the Book. Hello and welcome back to the Marriage by the Book podcast. This is Rick Porterfield, and we've been working through a series here on the problem in relationships, and this is part of... uh, uh, a larger series I'm, I'm doing that is basically a, a presentation of these subjects, the counseling sessions that Rebecca and I take couples through when we work with them one-on-one. And I've mentioned this before, but it bears mentioning again, when we do this, when we get both people and the couple to do what we tell them to do, we've seen a hundred percent success. And that's kind of amazing. Uh, it's amazing to me, but you know, the word of God works. And even when just one person will really grab a hold of this and commit themselves to doing it, give themselves to it, they, there's a high level of success there as well. Typically, you know, you know, most marriages are saved when one spouse steps out alone to save it. So that's really what I'm talking about there. When both jump in at the same time, that's great. You'll see just tremendous success. But even if one person will step out and do this, success is typically what you're going to see. There are a few cases we've seen where one of the marriage partners just says, you know what, I'm not going to do it. One guy, you know, self-centeredness is the problem. If you're listening to this, you've probably heard that already in the previous sessions. But that is the problem. We've had actually people, I remember one case in particular, a guy told me, you know what, I'm self-centeredness. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm self-centered. I don't want to change. I like it. My life's about me. That's how it ought to be. And he just was not willing to be any other way. He wasn't willing to do the word of God in his life. And there's nothing you can do with somebody like that if people won't submit to the word. But like I said, that's one case in hundreds. Uh, most everybody is willing to do the word. So again, the, the problem in relationships is self-centeredness. This is a big deal. You know, the Bible tells us in James chapter one, while we fight quarrel with each other's each other isn't it because we are full of selfish desires that fight to control our body there are other scriptures that tell us that as well we've done that you know the effects of self-centeredness i covered those in the second session it destroys relationships it destroys success in life it causes manipulation um it creates all of these symptoms in relationships all these things that we think are the problem it causes all that stuff um the things we fight about and then a fifth effect is it steals your joy it steals your happiness so it's just it's just not worth it and there's all these effects of self-centeredness you know um it's deceptive it's uh, it gives us short-term pleasure it's just it's just not worth it it's dangerous because our self-centeredness seems justified and uh, anyhow on and on i could go i'm just kind of recapping just a little bit before i get into the main thing i want to talk about today which is um how to overcome self-centeredness, okay? And I want to cover three scriptures with you, and we'll talk a little bit about these. Uh, Matthew seven twelve is one I want to go to, okay? And again, we're talking about how to overcome self-centeredness, okay? It says, therefore, whatever you want men to do for you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That's the golden rule, basically. You do unto others as you would have them to do, as you would have them do unto you. And again, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. 
for this is the law and the prophets. So basically treat other people the way you'd want to be treated. Treat your spouse the way you would want to be treated. Do you want your spouse to be kind to you? Then you be kind to them. Do you want them to forgive you? Then you forgive them. Do you want them to love you? Then you love them. Do you want them to serve you? Then you serve them. That's the golden rule. So that's one of the key things we need to do to um, overcome self-centeredness. It says, you know, for for this is the law and the prophets. I read the scripture last week from uh, Matthew where Jesus, you know, Jesus was asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? And he answered and said, he didn't go to the Ten Commandments. He said, you know, the, the greatest commandment, and I'm paraphrasing, he says to love God first, and the, and the second commandment is like it, and that's to love other people second. And again, I'm paraphrasing that. So um, anyway, um, but we're supposed to love others, love God first, love others second. And then he said that amazing thing. He said, you know, these two commandments ain't all the law and the prophets. And here it says, this is the law and the prophets, you know, loving other people, serving other people, treating them the way you want to be treated yourself. That is the law and the prophets. So, um, that's one of the keys to overcoming self-centeredness in our lives. Okay. All right, I want to read Galatians 5, 13 through 14 to you. This is from the Amplified Classic Version. And this is an awesome scripture. I often tell people, if, if people would just meditate this right here, get this right here in them and do it, this alone would go a long, long way to having really good marriages, really good relationships in general. Listen to this. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh, and an opportunity or excuse for selfishness. But through love, you should serve one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships is complied with in the one precept, you shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. So that's it again. You know, the, the, the problem is self-centeredness. The answer is preferring others, serving others, being a blessing to others, okay? Um, Philippians 2, verses 2 through 4. Again, we're talking about how to overcome self-centeredness, and the Bible tells us how to do this. And basically, it's to, to treat the other person, treat your spouse the way you want to, to be treated. But listen to Philippians 2, verse 2. It says, uh, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Okay? Now, think about that. He's telling them to get along with each other, to have a good relationship with each other. Read it again. Let me read it to you again. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Yeah, agreeing, right? Having the same love. You know, loving each other. being you know, Treating each other good. Being of one accord. Again, being in agreement. Having harmony in your relationships, and being of one mind. There's just so much here about agreement and one accord and harmony, okay? So he's telling them to get along with each other. That's in verse 2. And in verses 3 and 4, he tells them how to do this. Verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So in other words, prefer the other person. Don't do anything through selfish ambition or conceit. Don't be trying to get your way. But in lowliness of mind, so we don't think too much for self, we're not lifted up in pride, we're not exalting self, we're not operating in self-centeredness. In, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Esteem your spouse as being better than you. 
Don't look out for your own interests, but look out for their interests. You know, last week I read Matthew ten thirty nine, where Jesus said, he who finds his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. The person who finds their life, that's the one operating in self-centeredness. The person who loses their life, gives up their way for his sake, that's the one who finds their life, that finds fulfillment, that finds joy, that finds success, that finds peace, that finds, you know, I should maybe say it this way, finds true joy, true, true happiness, true success, true peace. Okay? And um, that comes from basically, again, giving up our way, doing things his, his way, and preferring other people, okay? Now, this is going to be a short session evidently, but 1 Corinthians 7, verse 4 in the Message Bible, I think really nails it, okay? And the message is a paraphrase, I know, um, but there are several places, I think, where the Message Bible really nails the heart of what God is trying to say, and I think this is one of those. He says here, marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights, Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. You know, a couple of amazing things there. Let's just touch on them again here. Marriage isn't a place to stand up for your rights. It's not a place to demand my way. It's not about marriage isn't about me. For me, my marriage is not about me. It's about Rebecca and vice versa. For Rebecca, our marriage isn't about her. It's about me. Okay. So and it says marriage is a decision to serve the other. You know, a decision, the word decision comes from the Latin de, de sedere. It means to cut off. So when you make a decision to, to marry someone, you're deciding to serve them, you're cutting off the other options. You're cutting off this idea of you're not going to serve them. You're cutting off this idea of, of you're going to manipulate them to serve you. So uh, marriage is a decision to serve the other. So I'm not going to be self-centered. I'm going to be other-centered toward my spouse. And it goes on and says, whether in bed or out, did you know that even the sexual relationship, and we'll talk about this, we'll get there eventually, even the sexual relationship in marriage is an area of service, it's an area of ministry, and that boggles people's minds sometimes to hear that, but it is an area of ministry. So we're to serve them whether in bed or out. Okay, that is the basis of how you overcome self-centeredness. I encourage you to go back, look at these scriptures, Put them in your heart. Let them become part of who you are. Act on them. Do them. It's the doers. Of the, you know, if we're hearers of the word only, we're deceiving ourselves. James chapter 1 tells us it's the doers that are blessed in what they do. Do this, and you will radically change your marriage. And I want to encourage you again, if you've got questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is info at marriagebythebook.org. Um, Go to our website, marriagebythebook.org, and, and check it out there. We've got some information on, on some events that are coming up that we're going to be doing in other parts of the country. Uh, all the podcasts are accessible there. We have some free resources, some free uh, brief videos that we call Marriage Minutes are there that'll that'll be a, a blessing, a help to your marriage. And um, also, uh, I just want to ask you to consider partnering with Marriage by the Book. Thank God for our partners. We have partners out there that enable us and help us do what we do. We're able to do these things because of our partners. But you know what? With more partners, we can do more. We need partners. People ask me sometimes, well, what do you guys need? We need partners. We need people who are praying for us, people who are coming alongside of us and supporting financially. So I encourage you to, to look into 
look, go, go to our website, check out the partner page. And when you sow into marriage by the book, you're not just helping us. You know, there are other things we're doing in other countries. You know, children get fed. <laughs> just different things are happening. And some of that's on the, the web page there that we're involved in. Um, so I encourage you to take a look at that as well. And, uh, consider partnering with marriage by the book thank you for listening and i'll talk to you next time and next time we're not going to be talking about the problem i'm going to start talking about the solution and i've kind of been all over it here you might have guessed what the just like there's one problem in relationships there's one answer so that's what we'll be talking about next time you may have guessed what it is but uh, don't forget to tune in and and hear what the, the the lord has to say from the word of god about the solution to the problem And I look forward to talking to you then. Have a great one. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's Marriage by the Book podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And hit the subscribe button. For additional resources or to go deeper, visit marriagebythebook.org. See you next time.